This is Works in Progress, a podcast of the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. I'm Avishai Artsy. Can the design of a building reduce inequality? That question is at the heart of a design studio being taught right now. I think what we're trying to do is a paradigm shift away from a distant, automated, estranging kind of environment where people are sort of bureaucratized into something way more engaging. Mohammed Sharif is a faculty member of the UCLA Department of Architecture and Urban Design. He's heading a design studio for students in the second year of the three-year Master of Architecture program. Their task? To design a hypothetical center at UCLA, where principles of AEDI, anti-racism, equity, diversity, and inclusion, are put into action. Ideas of sustainability and accessibility are also folded into the project. It is sort of the culmination of everything uh, formal, spatial, technical, historical, critical, (laughs) in terms of a design challenge that we set the students. And um, of all the the design briefs, this is the one that demands the most sort of professional kind of polish and attention. So it's a lot. It's uh, quite a tall order. And historically, it, up until about three years ago, was sort of scaled at the privately oriented single family house. And we felt as a community of teachers over the past few years that we really should sort of broaden the agenda and make the buildings more publicly oriented and actually start to engage with the city at that level. Students in the program start small in scale and every quarter the projects get a little more complicated. They began with designing a public restroom at the beach, then an aviary, then a drive-in theater that includes a food bank. By the fourth quarter, they designed urban housing. And so they're looking at multiples. So we jump in scales. Then to bring it all together in the fifth quarter, we ask them to work at the scale of the AEDI center that we're looking at right now, which is about 15 to 20,000 square feet. We decided on the lawn just to the north of the sculpture garden and to the south of the Broad Building, where the Richard Serra sculpture is. It's a well-traversed and trafficked site on the way from here to there, and that it puts sort of buildings, the spaces between buildings, landscape, art, in a four-dimensional dialogue. Sharif brought in colleagues to guest lecture on things like heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Energy consultants gave lectures on passive solar energy. So there's a lot going on, and we're asking the students consistently to weigh all of the decisions that they're making about design form, space, order, how, how a building is sequenced, how it's approached, how we move through it, around it, how it responds to climate, to think about what that means uh, in terms of a building that fosters and encourages the intellectual engagement with AEDI. This idea to have the students hypothesize an AEDI center came from Sharif's own involvement in academic diversity issues. Sharif sits on the curriculum subcommittee of the school's AEDI commission, formed last summer following the murder of George Floyd and widespread protests for police reform and racial justice. That committee is thinking about ways to bring more diverse perspectives into the school. And one of the outcomes in terms of a long-term plan is the idea that there would be a knowledge center for AEDI. Think of it as a a space of deliberation where curricular material is discussed not only by faculty, 
students pass curricula examined uh, for blind spots, areas that we should be we should be retooling to address equity, diversity, inclusion, and tolerance uh, in terms of anti-racism. So it's partly an educational building, but also an archive, uh, also a place from which new new knowledge is disseminated. It's interesting. There's no real kind of prototype out there for this kind of a building. Watching the images that are evolving from the student work is instructive uh, because sometimes you're looking at a town hall, uh, sometimes you're looking at something that resembles a lab building, uh, a place of intense work. There's also kind of an air of the busy city train station that I see as well, where people are moving, congregating, that's happening too. So we hope it's a space for kind of a deliberative democracy uh, with a view to the educational content. So let's hear from the students. I talked to three groups about their projects. Note that these are still in development, so they're still playing around with the designs and concepts. First up, Marina Archangeli, Sune Rajbandari, and Emily Sherman. Early on, we started talking about the project as primarily a site of large collective gathering where groups of people um, from different backgrounds could come together and discuss important but challenging subjects. And so we conceived the building as a big open room um, with activity around the edges that is always connected visually and physically to large central spaces of assembly. Yeah, and that idea of kind of like centricity became important to us. And we kind of placed some emphasis on developing a clear spatial organization. And we kind of wanted architecture to work as a framework for discussion, deliberation, and debate. Um, and kind of do that through the different pieces of program and different spaces that were designed. Their project has an amphitheater on the ground floor, a black box theater for lectures or performances, and a roof garden. There's also a library, office space, and conference rooms. But the group quickly realized a paradox in the brief, Sune said. We're kind of trying to take on issues, issues of institutional problems by working through the design of an institutional facility that is often the source of those very problems. And so like, that's been a challenge that I think has been interesting for us to sort of try to work through just conceptually and kind of wonder like, how can institutional facilities that are aimed at fostering inclusivity actually work in service of those communities that they typically exclude? We're always a little bit self-conscious of, of the image of institutional buildings and what things like biaxial symmetry and orthogonal grids um, and straight walls kind of symbolize or, or the associations that might be made, um, an image of authority, of certainty, and of stability, um, things that we felt were not so appropriate to a, to a project like this. And so we worked to try to find opportunities to introduce a certain amount of instability and precarity um, by working off access, by tilting certain walls, by creating a sense of a balancing act within the building. Uh, and I think that we tried to bring forth a level of exuberance and playfulness with, with those moves as well, to kind of hope for using the architecture as a way to stimulate different types of activity, different types of behavior, different types of thinking within the building. 
Yeah, and kind of like with the introduction of the instability and precarity, just see if there's a way to kind of push the activities within the building outside of a more standard practice or habit that is, you know, typical of an institution and hope that somehow subconsciously this introduction of the precarity kind of brings the visitors and has them begin to question their previously conceived notions of what an architecture is and what architecture should be designed for. Before coming to UCLA, Marina worked for an architecture firm that redesigned the central branch of the Boston Public Library. She saw how designing the outside space to make it more visible from the street and more accessible to pedestrians led to an increase in visitors. Previously, like the exterior was walled off with these really big granite slabs. You enter and you feel like you're in a dungeon. And, you know, when you go to a library, that's not really what you want to experience. And so they took down the slabs, they opened it up, they increased the visibility from people walking by on the streets into the space. They made it feel like a much warmer interior that really welcomed people in. And the library is actually seen an increase in visitors, an increase in uh, materials being lent out. And so I guess I would say, I think that as architects, it's our challenge to design a space that is more welcoming and that increases engagement and increases conversation and becomes maybe something that people wouldn't have visited before. That experience led the students to think about transparent glass walls and large operable doors as ways to make the building more accessible and increase air circulation. Another accessibility feature? A long ramp where one would normally find a central staircase. But what to do about the Richard Serra sculpture? The massive curved steel weighs 42 and a half tons and creates a challenge, and groups approached it in very different ways. Here's Emily and Marina on their plan. It overhangs over the sculpture somewhat tightly. And that's something that we like had thought about, like how is this building going to change the experience of the Richard Serra sculpture? And I know some groups are like moving it, but we thought about placing a mirror on the underside of the floor plate that's above it to kind of allow people a reflection to like see themselves. I think the idea behind the mirror is also then kind of flipping the ground upside down and how does that kind of change your perception of where you are. The next group includes Morgan Kopp and Wei Chu. Like the previous group, they designed a building with angled walls. The building is situated near the Richard Meyer building at the end of the sculpture park. So you have something extremely rigid of the broad and then the very fluid landscaping sculpture park that encompasses it. And our first instinct before even going into the AEDI center was to create some kind of visual communication, like a threshold of going from something extremely rectangular and straight to embracing the diagonal, the oblique, the italics of living in between. So it ended up being five slanted walls that go from straight to diagonal in plan, as well as in section. The ground level would be most open and uh, public oriented programs, libraries, galleries that will be, you know, switching from time to time. Um, there could be different 
exhibitions, there could be community meetings, there could be、uh, some student activities. So we're trying to keep the flexibility in there. But the upper floors will be dedicated to the more of the fixed programs, the offices, the lab rooms that where student and and teachers and different people, different users can come and to communicate, to collaborate. But、um, yeah, there's a hierarchy in programs that we're designating different areas for different、uh, degrees of flexibility. If I can add to that as well, is I think that a conversation that we keep having, and maybe this is COVID related, but program keeps changing.、Yeah. Humans evolve. Our needs, our our ideals change. Our needs change in multiple respects. And so, as architects, I think we need to become more embrace the fact that our building might get renovated twenty years from now, and it may be different. And we must build with that in mind. So not idealizing what we have created in any way, but the open space, the thresholds being very open ended, would allow for that, and that it's okay if in twenty years somebody else comes in and changes the whole thing and says we got it wrong. <laughs> Finally, let's meet Siu Mao and Camille Walkinshaw. Their proposal looks far different from the others. Five buildings of different sizes, each with curved sides that taper as they go up. Paths between the buildings create open space for meeting, as well as elevated walkways that connect the buildings. The steel structures would be wrapped with horizontal wooden slats, making them look a bit like nests. Their shapes would allow heat to travel upwards, keeping the buildings cool. So we also try to use、uh, like some traditional material at the main design elements, like the wood stripes. But it's not wood; it's a kind of steel, but it looks like the wood as our main design element to put them into the site and、uh, try to use this traditional element to create a kind of new sculpture, which could respond to the sculpture garden. So sometimes I think we are creating a kind of art sculpture for the site, and we also try to、uh, improve the very good sustainable design for the site. Like we use some sunshade grill as a main facade elements, and uh,、um, try to improve the wind flow and try to decrease the sunlight. So, kind of the sides of the building acting as the lungs that help to kind of pull in some of that airflow, and then we also have a stack system where some of that hot air will start to arise and distribute out kind of the louvers on top. So it is like、mm-hmm. a multi-layered facade system that starts to kind of work with some of those climate issues. And one thing we also really thought about in the form making and the manufacturing is this that. Because it's it's almost like pushing against traditional building systems in a way. Like you wouldn't see this type of building on most campuses.、Um, I think most would agree with that. So really, it was about working in the friction between some of the initial studies we did in topography and how that starts to disrupt a standard kind of regimented grid. So we really wanted to think about how this building can kind of start to disrupt the institution at large. Back to Muhammad Sharif. I asked him how architects view their profession's ability to make the world more equitable. I'm going to answer your question with a, a quote by、uh, an English architect, Tony Fredden. Fredden says, "Architecture is a social art, which, at one end of its spectrum, 
provides for human needs and desires, and at the other contributes to the ideas by which the world around us can be understood. It is also intrinsically collaborative. Every stage from commissioning to realization is carried out by people working in groups and allied disciplines, and the meaning of its buildings is made through the imaginative impact of those who use it. This is the world of general practice, which provides buildings for a community through professional skill and commitment. Professionalism is distinct in that its duty to clients is contextualized in a wider responsibility to society. General practice accepts that architecture is healthier with practitioners of differing skills, abilities, and viewpoints. It insists that everyone matters, but that they must absolutely do their best. I share this quote with you, Avishai, because I think it, it crystallizes how we approach this particular brief, which is, let's say, building-centric in that it is a worldly brief it is not born in abstraction, but targeted to sort of reality. And what we wanna do is make sure that the students approach the world and worldliness with imagination, hope, and courage. Setting the AADI program, which is an experiment in that we've set them a set of spatial requirements that are flexible, that there is room for them to innovate, puts the onus on them as engaged citizens and public intellectuals, if you will, to frame the very important decisions we make as designers of environments, how we make values visible, how we encourage inhabitants, and I'm not going to use the sort of the, the cliche word users, but, but rather like, let's say stewards of this environment, how to, how to encourage stewardship. The AEDI Center, or the Knowledge Center, as, it's, as it is in the outcome of our discussions over the fall in the UCLA Arts Subcommittee, is a place that will be run not, not just by staff or staff and faculty, but, but staff, faculty, and students. It's a place of multiple engagements. You know, architecture is a social art. It is tasked with keeping people safe from harm, healthy. We take that seriously. There are potentially myriad virtues associated with what we bring to the world as sort of socializing institutions. And there should be no obstacle or let's say schism between virtues and virtuousness and virtuosity. So we're asking the students to approach this with skills and imagination. And again, with a view that architecture is a social art. That's Mohammed Sharif with the UCLA Department of Architecture and Urban Design talking about the theoretical AEDI center that his students are designing. Thank you to the second year Master of Architecture students who shared their designs in progress. Marina Archangeli, Emily Sherman, 
and Sunay Rajbandari, Morgan Kopp and Wei Chu, and Siu Mao and Camille Walkinshaw. You can see some of their renderings at arts.ucla.edu. Thanks for listening to Works in Progress from the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. I'm Avishai Artsy. Be well and talk to you soon.